Connect. Connected music for the audience. And 10 years after old band, many decades ago, ushering us in with such prophetic lyrics to our two hour get together. My favorite two hours of the day is the two hours I get to spend with you fine people, uh, five days a week, at least and two hours on Sunday. And today I'm going to get double pleasure, you know, double your pleasure, double your fun, you know, double mint gum. Remember that old commercial Jeff? Uh, cause today I got two more hours this afternoon to be with somebody new over on a new platform. And we'll talk about that in a minute roger sales with you at the Eurofolk radio platform this morning and uh, happy to be here following a such illustrious hosts as andy hitchcock ach as he refers and others refer to him also uh and a good show this morning andy really really articulate uh, intelligent guest um and uh, it is the 5th of january one day before the big demonization day January the 6th, the day that shall live in democratic minds, infamy, in wet dreams, a day that shall live in the wet dreams of Jews. So anyway, of, of Revelation 2 and 3, 9 Jews, obviously. So uh, here we go on the Wednesday edition and uh, kind of feeling frisky this morning. It's a stunningly beautiful morning in ecuador this morning boy cody have we had some great weather here lately i mean about two weeks it's just like summer weather it is just stunning i don't believe we've had but one afternoon where we had any rain at all and that was late in the afternoon otherwise it's like yesterday as as the day closed there wasn't even a cloud hardly in the sky a couple of whiffs here and there and that's pretty unusual for this time of year so it's very nice and uh one of the uh one of the advantages of being down here close to the equator and let's see we got a bunch of stuff to cover no doubt um i guess to start out with what uh, Kay, our longtime good friend listener Kay and her husband uh, and Kay's very good about uh, bird dogging up stuff for a gal that you know has written 20 something novels and is taking care of kids and grandkids and all kinds of stuff and doesn't have much time she sure does bird dog up some good things and uh, this uh, this one, she bird-dogged up. I'll put at the end of today's show description. I was just getting a little chance to listen to it because Andy it finished a bit early today. Uh, and it's the history of Jewish genocide on the British people. And uh, very interesting. I sent it to Paul and Andy, of course. And uh, uh, the uh, first of it kind of surprised me because I'm, I'm sure there's other stuff in here that I, I wasn't aware of. Okay, And I'm assuming that this is accurate. Uh, but he uh, starts out with uh, 1066, William the Conqueror brought the Jews onto the island to finance his uh, invasion of, uh, of England. So I didn't know that. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty interesting. I'm anxious to get back some feedback from Andy and Paul on that. But he goes through, and he was just getting into where they took over the French stock market and uh, some of that stuff. And the British stock market had 12 seats on it, and it was only reserved for Jews. Only Jews could sit in the 12 seats at the British stock market. So, uh, you know, this has been going on a long time. 
uh, and uh, it's built to a tremendous crescendo. They're going for the gold ring and think they're going to take over their little globalism wet dream here, and uh, they're falling flat on their face all over the place. They're being exposed. Their stuff isn't happening for them the way they'd planned it out, and now, as we've discussed before, they've always had the luxury of working very sneakily and trickly, as uh, tricky as we discuss on here so much, uh, and then they had the advantage of working way out in front of themselves long range and uh, now it's gotten to a point where there we'll call that the timeline and then there's another uh, line an event line so uh, the event line is the one that's very important to them and they've always had the luxury of having a lot of time to figure these things out and put them in place so that they fell correctly the way they wanted them to and for the most part that's happened okay for a long time all right, but it's changing right now, and I think the reason we've discussed it before on here is that their timeline and their event line have merged, and they don't have the luxury of that planning things out. They've been pressed because of the timeline and because of the exposure line. They've been pressed into evidently starting this little action early. They had it on the drawing boards for two 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 o two five or two o. 30 and because of the awareness worldwide because of the internet as Eustace Mullins said God was merciful on us and he gave us the internet and uh, because of that way of bypassing their traditional filters of owning all the media many 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 huge percentage of people a lot more than they want uh, are, are, are pretty well aware of who they are and now they've bumbled this whole thing because of the merging of the event and the timeline that's when they make mistakes like they're doing right now and like they're getting caught in right now and now a lot of people it wasn't just the ones they were worried about awake now they've awakened a whole bunch more with all their shenanigans and their desperation we got to have the control of the government and the election fraud and all the other crap well they're in hot water okay and believe me they're capable of anything this actually makes them in my mind tremendously dangerous Okay, and uh, they're getting exposed at every turn on every agenda, even to the point of our information where their key nexus to be able to do all of this is getting exposed. And as of today, it's about to get further exposed because tonight uh, I had a long conversation, a nice conversation last night, not too long, with uh, Tom D., and he is the guy that's got the helm of RBN, Republic Broadcasting, over there. And I'm going to be on his program tonight. That's 6 to 8 Eastern, 5 to 7 Central, Republic Broadcasting. Isn't it republicbroadcasting.org, Jeff? Is it .net or .org? I think it's a .org, isn't it? It's .org. Pardon me? O-R-G. Yep. It's an orgy. Okay, we're going to have an orgy over on .org here this afternoon, an orgy of truthful information. And uh, it's been very interesting because Tom... Tom is a really interesting fellow. He's got a really diverse background. He's worked for the feds a lot, nuclear regulatory stuff, and and he was one of the original TSA guys, I guess, when uh, you know they set up all that crap after 2001. Uh, I found out last night, even more interesting, it's kind of really coincidental. You know, it's funny how life is, isn't it? Uh, it's one of those small world things. His wife, who he's been married to for many years, was born 
on in in Alaska when it was still a territory, which means before 1957, I believe Alaska was added as a state in 57 and Hawaii in 58, I believe. 58 and 59. Okay, well, pretty close. Okay. Alaska was 59. Okay, well, he she was born on, he told me, a military reservation up in Alaska when it was still a territory. And so I, I'm always curious when somebody mentions Alaska because I spent some time up there, went to high school there in Anchorage, and graduated in 1966 from West Anchorage High School and uh, so I said well uh, I used to live in Alaska where what military reservation he said Elmendorf Air Force Base and I said well I used to live on Elmendorf Air Force Base and I did for those four years and uh, so that was a nice little uh, uh, thing we had in common there his uh, wife was born where I you know there's not too many people lived on Elmendorf Air Force Base I guess a few but any of y'all ever been on Elmendorf Air Force Base before? See there? Nobody in our audience. Uh, so anyway, that was a nice little uh, uh, coincidence, coincidental uh, factoid there for us. And we had a nice talk. And uh, it's the second time this has happened in a week. When I call him, he wrote me an email and said, give me a call. And when I called him, he said, well, we're just listening to your interview with Deanna Spingola. And a week ago when I called uh, Pastor Moreland, he goes, well, his wife goes, well, we're listening to you right now. So that's happened twice. I think that's a good sign. You know, people are wanting to listen to this stuff. And, and I'm able to get in there on top of when they're listening. That's kind of a freaky thing. Well, here's this guy we're listening to calling. Yes, well, you know, it's you know that kind of thing so uh anyway we had a nice talk last night and i could tell he's getting into it now uh in the and he sent me an email with some of this guy's remarks <laughs> you're gonna love this jeff i had this happen twice yesterday basically he goes well we got an attorney i don't know the guy's name but i have a feeling i'm gonna meet him <laughs> he goes we got an attorney that's very friendly to RBN, and I was telling him about your stuff, and he said you're certifiably insane. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> and that happened yesterday at lunch. Um, I've told you guys about this pilot that we got. Uh, he's retired. He used a fixed wing and, and helicopters. When I first moved here, he flew the emergency helicopter over our town, over our area here. And you could always look up when you heard a helicopter and see a red and yellow helicopter. Go, well, there's AT right there, you know. And and so he's a nice guy. I, I like him. He's very pleasant to be around. But, man, have they got him hoodwinked big time. Well, he's 30 years he worked for immigration. You know, he's been a Fed and worked down there at the training center down in South Georgia and all that stuff. And he's, oh, no, no, no. So we got into yesterday. Something came up at lunch. There wasn't a lot of people there yesterday, so it wasn't a, too big of a scene. <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple of us sitting down there jack had to leave early so he he didn't get to partake in any of this and uh so something came up and we're talking about kamala harris kamala how kamala however you're camel toe however you you know uh you identify her name there and something i said well she shouldn't even be in there she's not a natural born citizen he said she sure is I worked for immigration for 30 years. She, I said, well, she's a birthright citizen. She says, yeah, that's right. She's a natural-born citizen. And I said, well, basically, I said, you know, I'm trying to be polite because I don't try and exacerbate these situations. And uh, 
And so I said, well, you don't, quite frankly, you don't know what you're talking about. We said, well, I do too. And I said, no, you don't. A natural born American is somebody whose parents were born in America. And the founders put that into the Constitution. This is way before the 14th Amendment, okay, uh, to keep us isolated from the exact situation that we've got with Kamala Harris. She can run for the legislature or even the presidency of Jamaica right now. They didn't want people in key positions in our government that had potential dual loyalties and conflicts. I mean, how many brain cells do you need to rub together to come up with that conclusion? Well, he wants to be argumentative. Yes, he is. So I, I got up. I walked over. He was a couple of people down for me. So I walked over across the table from him. I said, well, A.T., are you a citizen of the United States? He goes, yes. I said, or a citizen of the United States of America. Now, that threw him, and he didn't want to, and I kept kind of pressing him on it, and and finally, I just kind of dropped it before it broke out into anything, but I said, I, he said, well, you know more than lawyers. I said, well, actually, I'm having to educate lawyers all the time, and he goes, yeah, yeah, sure, you know, and so it's one of these, uh, uh, it's one of the, um, uh, it's one of the old Mark Twain deals of, uh, you know, it ain't what I know that's killing me. It's what I know that ain't so. And also the other one is it's easier to fool a man than to tell him he's been fooled. And and this guy's took the bait hook, line, and sinker. Okay, no doubt about it. I mean, we've had – I haven't, we haven't pressed this in a couple of years, but a couple of years ago – we were over, we used to go over to the mall. Cody knows where this is. Got a real upscale mall and a really nice ice cream place up there. We'd go over and have ice cream after lunch. And uh, so we're in there, and I said something about the IRS not being a government agency. Well, and, and this is he's one of these guys, and we all know him. All of you guys know somebody like this, okay? So he gets out his phone, and he dials up the Treasury website, and he points, puts it in front of my face, and he points to the IRS logo on the treasury website see there they are part of the treasury <laughs> yeah, <that seems>, right? <laughs> i said well I'm well it's easier to fool man than tell him he's been fooled so uh if we get into that again and i'm probably going to press the issue on it here when we get i'll get another opportunity because now i want to come back to him i said you know, A.T., you told me you were a citizen of the United States. You don't look black to me. You look pretty white. I think you're Hungarian or something. His name's Atticus, I believe. And uh, I said, you look pretty white to me, and you're telling me you're black. Well, which are you? Okay? So there's those are the ways you can play with people. But on this IRS thing, if any of you get into that, there's a really simple way to put that in front of somebody, and that is to go back to Title 28. And Title 28 is Treasury. And in t Title 28, and I don't know where it is, I just know it's in there, uh, there is a total list of all the organizations that are under Treasury, and IRS ain't one of them, and that's in the code. Okay, and it doesn't matter. Twenty-eight and twenty-six. Uh, no, twenty-six is is uh, is IRS. Twenty-eight is is Treasury, I believe. Twenty-seven is okay. BATF. Twenty-eight is Treasury. And somewhere in there, there's a list, uh, uh, like an organizational chart kind of thing of all the all the different agencies that are under treasury well obviously irs ain't there because it's a foreign entity it's a, a collection agency for the for the international monetary fund it doesn't have anything to do with the with the u.s although they have an office there in treasury and should you get into any uh trouble with them in a legal sense and they you get into an altercation in a courtroom they'll never let any local u.s attorney handle an irs case
they always fly in some little short Revelation 2 and 3, 9 Jew bastard from the treasury to come handle that. Okay. So anyway, that's some of the things that have gone on here in the last 24 hours, and I'm really happy to be on with Tom tonight. And he keeps talking about, as Cody was asking me, are you going to be on there regular? Well, I'm pretty sure we're going to discuss that. And he's uh, he's uh, put up, and he's pretty technically oriented, you know, with all this website stuff and everything. And um, he has put up a website. I can't remember the title of it. And uh, so he said, well, I'll put you up a section over there on that. I go, oh, okay. That's all right with me. And uh, so it looks like that's going to come to fruition, and I think that should be a real good appearance last night. He's got enough background in this because he's been in, looking into this uh, jurisdictional and tax stuff since the early 80s. He had a opportunity, Tom did, to meet Irwin Schiff back in the early 80s, and that uh, got him uh, motivated in this direction, at least thinking about it. And so he's been one of those people. He's a paralegal, he told me. So he's gone through the hoops and looked for answers and now all of a sudden even though he he could he could just couldn't figure out he said man there's a lot of people talking to me about you okay he said there are a lot of people mentioning you to me so uh thank you guys everybody out there that's uh contributing to the group effort here pulling the rope and pulling the revelation two and three niners into the mud puddle uh and then once they're real dirty we'll get the rope and put it around their little skinny ass necks and hang their sorry son of a bitches from real tall trees let's just hope we get a chance to do that okay because that's what they've earned they've earned a good hanging no shooting's too easy i mean no none of this going to any kind of jail and there certainly isn't any of this jelaine maxwell going to some luxury digs with an ankle bracelet okay these are capital crimes these bastards have committed and they need to pay all right and we're commanded to pay them and we're commanded to do that in revelation 18 and it says in two verses fill her cup double what she's filled yours serve her double what she served you those are remedy verses somebody's supposed to do something there's got there's got to be a remedy and somebody to execute a remedy and i mean execute in the full plurality of both of those definitions because these people need to be taken out of the gene pool, and even the other Jews are saying that, like Dr. Zelenko came out publicly. These psychopaths need to be taken out of the gene pool. They need to be made an example of that they understand, and this is the only thing they understand. Hey, Roger. Hey, Cody. Did I send you, or maybe you sent me the video of that monk talking basically about natural law is the only solution to hold these people accountable and well it's right well, well natural law i mean what's that well, common law that's the only way we can have common law grand juries with teeth is to get people to file affidavits get organized get in a county where you got that many people hopefully get with a favorable sheriff have a grand jury that's got teeth and now we can start enforcing it okay yeah, that's what I heard a guy, some guy on Jeff Rents. It may have been this same guy. I don't remember his name. And one night he said, the only answer we've got is common law grand juries. And he's, he's right. But you can't have a common law grand jury until you got somebody who's got access to the common law. Remind me the, uh, the lawyer doctor that's up in Champaign, Illinois. It's always on InfoWars that wrote some books on biological I guess, help write laws against biological warfare agents. Oh, uh, yeah. I know who you're talking about, and I don't know his name. Okay, honestly. Was, I, for some reason, I'm not remembering. Somebody will hop in here and mention it. But 
you know, he talked about basically that that is the solution to go in and just start suing these people in counties and then trying to, you know, pull them into to county courts. Kind of, kind of, it's kind of how he well, talked about that. Maybe the only way to do it, since the federal courts aren't going to do their job, is we'll you know, go even. They have to extradite people, right? So, well, even we'll state see. courts can be corrupted because the states are so corrupted. We need to have our own yeah. common law courts. Now, the state courts have a common law venue. Remember, it's the feds that don't have common law, and that came in nineteen. 19- 48 or 47, I believe, in a, in a Supreme Court decision called Erie Railroad versus Tompkins. We should have, I should get a put, plant a bug in. Well, I mean, there's, it said basically, you know, the thumbnail for a case is there's no longer any federal common law. Okay. Now, I should get Brent on here. He's really schooled in that. And the attorney that handled that uh, was a one shot wonder. And I don't even remember his name, but I, 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 I don't remember the specifics, but Brent's really on top of that. And we ought to plan a bug and say, hey, Friday, I thought about this a couple of weeks ago. Friday, will you cover Erie Railroad v. Tompkins for us? Okay. So according to the decisions, there is no more federal common law because of Erie Railroad v. Tompkins. But there's common law in the states. Okay. And that's the ones. There was recently I was talking about a guy I saw on Thumper's show there on Patriot Soapbox on Sunday. A really good, really good guy, young man. He's, you know, married and all that stuff. And he's in there in court and you go, well, Jesus Christ is my, is my lawyer, you know, and my counselor and all this. And, and the judge is shaking her head and the prosecutor's another female over there and they don't know what to do and they don't know how to deal with it. And the, the judge goes, well, we got to figure out which way we're going to deal with this. Well, what's she mean? Which way are you going to deal with it? Are you going to deal with it in the merchant law and the administrative law? Are you going to deal with it in the common law? Because they've got that option, okay? And there's a lot of state constitutions that talk about anything not covered here reverts back to the common law. But good luck getting in there and getting it proffered, okay? That's why we got to see what they can't stop us with God-given rights of going back and having our own common law grand juries, not affiliated with their corrupt little court system, all right? And now we got the power to go honestly and start nabbing these son of a bitches, okay? And a few of them, we ought to just start hanging them, honestly. They've already... They've are, let me just finish, Cody, because this is important. They've already convicted themselves when you file that affidavit and they don't respond. Silence deems consent. They've consented to their fraud of slavery. They've consented to their fraud of human genocide. They've, create, they've admitted all their fraud by standing there mute. We've already got a sentence on them, a public sentence by people submitting this paperwork and their inability to respond. Now, what were you going to say? Well, I just, you know, I think the chances of success, it's just so hard to get people organized to do something. Well, I mean, I know that. Well, okay. Okay. Well, then what's your... Let me finish my train of thought. I mean, you know, the only, I think the only real solution is uh, lone wolf activity that you know, put these people in check. I mean, I think well, that's kind of where it's It may be so an hard, option. You know? It may be an option. I think it's going to be a, a little bit more difficult. And, yes, it's hard to organize. It's, man, let, tell me. Tell me how hard it is to get people to even understand what we talk about here. I mean, you're a perfect example. I had to work on you for over two years. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be tough. I don't know. It, it You know, this Dr. McCullough on InfoWars the other day, I encourage everybody to listen to that. I mean, it's just really damning of the vaccines. And what was interesting, I don't know, Roger, if you had a chance to listen to or to look at that Edgar County Watchdog. Edgar County Watchdogs is a group here in Illinois that got uh, founded 
when they, you know, were finding so much corruption in local government. And these guys are retired and they are working their butts off, you know, like uh, full-time people, you know, going to all these meetings and filing FOIA requests. So anyway, <clears throat> they put out, you know, they, they talked about that 40% that the uh, life insurance executive, right. you know, had put out the other day. But right. they had also talked about, I think, Prudential and one other around, one was 87 and one was 80% increases. Yeah. And payouts. So I was wondering, why did the 40% get all the attention when I hadn't heard of the well, Prudential and this other, um, you know. You know, we mentioned, you, you might not have heard increase. yesterday's show, we were talking about Cliff High and one of his recent ones. He used to do work for insurance companies. And he had to sit down with actuaries and figure out, have them explain what's going so he could write the software for them. <laughs> and he's still got some connections <clears throat> in actuarial circles. And they're telling him that the real true rate's about 57%, not 40 You're saying with the other ones, it's up in the 80s. Um, this is, and what Cliff says, he says he's laughing about it. And I think it's the latest one over there in his channel on uh, BitChute. And he's going, uh, believe me, their prime goal in life, all these actuaries and stuff, is to pay out as few claims as possible so that money can go to the shareholders. Well, of course, okay. This is corporate structure. And then it's not just the insurance companies. Do you know about reinsurance? Well, what, what's got me a little confused is I was told that they're not going to pay on people that died from a uh, experimental vaccine. Well, it's an experimental vaccine, and you volunteered for it. But I was told that insurance companies do not have to pay on quote unquote. Well, I I so think the they are. I think the ones that this guy up there in Indianapolis, uh, whatever the name of it was, one way or something, been around for 150 years, I believe, plus. Uh, they uh, they specialize in group insurance policies, so it might be something evolved when you're in a group policy as opposed to an individual policy. Okay, but my question a minute ago: Do you know what? Do you know about reinsurance companies? Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of them do reinsure the risk. Obviously, yeah. Well, they're the ones that insure the insurance companies. Okay, and those are the really big ones. Uh, one of the bigger ones is called Swiss Re R E Reinsurance or R E, and a good friend of mine's brother used to be the top dog in the U.S. for Swiss Re. Okay. In fact, any check that they sent out, he was the last guy that signed it before it was sent out. When they flew him to Switzerland for corporate meetings, they rented his own jet for him, put him on a commercial jet with all these specialized. They didn't fly commercial. And I remember when they were first bringing out derivatives and stuff, and his brother told me that he told him, and he said, Man, they sent me to a school for derivatives for five solid days, and I couldn't understand jack squat about it. Okay. So, anyway, these are these reinsurance companies that are the ones that are having to cover potentially all this stuff. And that's where all your big, uh, you know, I mean, uh, don't forget insurance, the concept of insurance, and the concept of central banking were conceived in the same city in the same year. And that city's Amsterdam with the Dutch East India Company. Okay. And the insurance idea originally was so that they didn't have people that would put their whole fortune into these ships sailing around the world. They didn't even have maps and charts to get spices and bring them back. And they lose a ship and the guys sunk. So they learned about insurance so they could pool their monies and lighten their risk. Okay, That's where insurance came from. That's why insurance and central banks are married at the hip today. And I believe Dr. David Martin, who's, uh, you know, this 
medical guy that a lot of us have seen do spectacular videos here the last year or so. He's the only person I've ever seen do a whole video on just the background of insurance and make the point that these we, we always look and point the finger at central banks. It's the insurance companies. Okay, they're the ones behind the central banks. So anyway, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, welcome, guys. I don't know. Anybody got any questions or anything this morning? I wanted to talk. John, are you with us? John in Connecticut? Unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately, he's here, and he's brave enough to answer. <laughs> well, John, why don't you... Uh, why don't you uh, let's make an example of you, not to belittle you in any way, shape, or form, but to use you as an example for the other folks, especially the newer folks that might be on here, about the uh, potential complexities of this stuff and, 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 and how important it is when I come on here every day for four or five times and say, does anybody have any questions? And that kind of thing. So why don't you tell them basically about the email you wrote me that I received from you yesterday? Well, I was it was concerning the DS11, and one of my <clears throat> big things in life is to learn all I can about something before I do it. So that's good and bad. Probably has more bad than good. <laughs> It's not an incurable problem here, but it's just kind of it's a great example, and that's the reason I want to spotlight you a little bit on it today. So I'm just listening to too many different people, and there's too many hands in the pot. Mm-hmm. Okay? Too many, cooks in, too many cooks in the kitchen. Yep. There is, and, you know, I have your show from October, I think October 12th is our first chat. I mean, I've been here less than three months now, but... I listened to every word you said, but there was something that wasn't said, but you're not wrong and I'm not right or wrong. It's about our parents on the application. That was what threw me off. And they got me. I said they're U.S. citizens and I shouldn't have. No, no, they were U.S. citizens. You said the right thing. I thought you didn't include your affidavit with the DS-11 and asking if you could recall that and get your affidavit in there. Well, yeah, I didn't send one in. That was That's my fault. I thought I was supposed to send it in only after I get proof that I am no longer a U.S. citizen. Okay, well, you don't get proof until you send the proof in. <laughs> so it's kind of the cart before the horse deal, you know. Um, so I uh, I kind of chuckled at that a little bit because, John, I'm really proud of you, you know, and you Ryan steered you our way, and you came with all that crap in your mind about ships sailing on the land and everything being merc- uh, merchant mercantile law and all that kind of stuff, and we've, I think, gone a long ways as to getting some of that stuff straightened out for you and getting some of that garbage out of your mind and uh, substituting it with correct stuff. You know, it's... Uh, uh, it's just like Mark Twain said, it's easier to fool a man than to tell him he's been fooled. And I come across that all the time, and you guys will too if you proffer this information. But uh, this is just the reason. I mean, it's not too terribly complex. I guess you got to familiarize yourself with it. It's obviously new to most people. But the the kicker is on, the, uh, on both the re- renewal and the original DS-11 you're talking about, the key is the warning box the warning label 
you know, that doesn't have a black box around it like it would if it was a dangerous drug. But it's the same thing. It's called a black box warning bureaucratically. And it's got that big capital warning in there. And it says, you can attach documentation, comma, including affidavit, but you better not lie or we're going to hit you with these 10 sections of the code. Well, you know, it's a big warning. You can attach documentation, including affidavits. The funny thing is it doesn't tell you for what. You can attach them, what, to tell them you, you wiped your ass this morning with rough toilet paper or something? I mean, you know, be a little more specific, would you? And, of course, that's up in the in the instructions on the front part of the document and down there on the oath where he's, what is applying to where they say, you know, are you, I'm a citizen of the United States or a non-citizen national. That's what it's for. But they certainly don't tell you that, although, again, for especially if there's any new folks out here, you're a little bit, uh, you know, could, you're there. Is this Roger guy telling me straight? Because this is all weird, and it is. Um, they've changed the oath on the passport since I started teaching this, and they've added now a checkbox. There's four of them underneath the oath, and the last one is I've read and understand the warning box on page so and so in the instructions. Well, how do you understand it if they don't tell you what the hell is for? Right. Okay, so here's more of their double shuffle, double clutch. We got to do this and put it in there is the reason it's there. They're not putting it in there like that just to play games with you. They've got rules they've got to follow. They are not lawless, and this proves it. Okay? They've got to put it in there, and that is the one point where the State Department interacts with the public at large, and you've got to have the choice to tell them which one you are, and they've got to put it in the document to make it constitutional. That's why they hide it like this. Hmm. Really slick. Hey, I keep telling you, the deeper you get into this, the slicker these bastards get, Okay. All right, so that was, well, I just mentioned the parents thing, because, I mean, I'm listening to other gurus, and I'm sorry I did. They said, don't <laughs> say your parents, don't say okay. uh, your, that your parents are U.S. citizens, but then you don't have to send an affidavit. Okay, well, that and that's, is that Copper Moonshine still guru, guys? Well, okay, yeah. Okay. It is. All right, well, they, I've had other people that have confronted me with this, and they were told to say that they weren't U.S. citizens, and here's my question with what we know, Okay. Did your parents ever file an affidavit with the Secretary of State or a declaration saying they weren't citizens of the United States? No. Okay, well, then the presumption that they are stands because they've got a birth certificate and they were assigned this status at birth. And the birth certificate represents it, and they've never gone back in and cured it, so the presumption of law exists that that's what they were. But it doesn't make any difference, you see. That's the point that the Copper Moonshine guys don't understand, is they don't understand this is the feudal system. And even though your parents were in their involuntary servitude, it doesn't make jack squat because you can volunteer out. It doesn't affect them. That's no effect except that if you don't volunteer out, now the presumption stands. Oh, your parents were in voluntary servitude. This is the feudal system. They had you, and you were born into the same condition they were in. And so if you don't send them the affidavit that you didn't include in your application, now the presumption of law is at the Secretary of State that that's what you are. Does that make sense? Well, now, it, yeah, it's making more sense by the month. <laughs> Hopefully by the day. 
So well, anyway, today. again, now this is a really key teaching point here. Again, this is what separates us from all these other researchers out there. We know it's the feudal system, and they don't. Therefore, they don't know how it operates. They don't realize how easy it is to volunteer out with one sentence. They don't realize that you can do it even though your parents didn't. And as Glenn said so accurately so many years ago, if you don't know that this is the feudal system, you'll never do anything but shadow box with it. Now, somehow... Evidently, the copper moonshine still guys have, you know, this is what my statement. I don't have the only way. Okay. Evidently, there's works too. Now, what surprises me, however, is that they haven't nabbed anybody for lying on those applications. See, they may not want to bring this up. That probably is the reason they haven't nailed anybody. Because let me tell you, they do not like people lying on passport applications. John, have I ever told you the story of that, that retired Army guy? Uh, that had, When I first started doing this, this story broke. You can probably go find it. He was in Florida, and he was in jail. He'd been in jail for months, I think three, three months, four months or something. And he was writing the senator of Florida, and I don't remember who the senator was at that time, to try and help him get out of jail. And the reason he was in jail, this is a retired Army guy who'd been stationed down at Guantanamo, okay? And so uh, the problem was that at some point previously in his life, he somebody needs to catch that phone. Is that yours, John? Is there, are they your nope. boss trying to get you or something? Okay. Nope, it's not me. Okay. Um, the, somebody catch that phone. Thank you. So he had applied at some point earlier in his life for a passport, and he didn't sign it, and he didn't finish the application, but somehow he submitted it. I just don't remember all the details, you know, that kind of stuff in the story. But then later he goes and applies again, and there's a question. You just filled one out. There's a question on there somewhere that says, have you ever applied for a passport before, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, he checked no. And they said, we've got an application for him. And they threw his ass in federal prison. And he was in there for at least three or four months and couldn't get out and was contacting the senator from Florida to get him out because he had sent in an incomplete application that he did not sign. And they still considered that a submitted application. Do not lie on a passport application. That is the one thing you do not want to do. People ask me, well, should I tell them this? What about my parents? I said, whatever you do, just don't lie, okay? Because that's the one thing they can, they can bust you on. We just got the other, the other example of one reason they, can, they didn't arrest this guy because they're already after him out at San Jose Sheriff's Department. I talked about him last week. guy named Michael out there. You know, go, well, they rejected my passport application, Roger, and they, they, they revoked my other passport. I'm, it's something about the San Jose Sheriff's Department. So I'm real curious, anything that comes up like that. He's got his phone number. I, I ask him, I said, what's your phone number? He sends it back. I call him. I go, okay, I read the letter. I read part of it. I got down to the part where they're quoting CFR 28 or whatever it is and and saying, well, these two sections of the Code of Federal Regulations, and you can't have these actions uh, against you in any kind of local locale and felonies and all this stuff. And I said, do you have a problem with the San Jose Sheriff's Department? Well, yeah. I'm going, holy shit. 
What do you, you know, what are you dragging me into this crap for? All right. You're the one that sent it in. You knew you had these outstanding. Well, I thought they were taken care of. I did some Patriot stuff and they let me out of jail and blah, 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 blah. He wants to give me these hours of background on all this crap. I said, cut it. I don't want to hear it. I want to know why they rejected your passport application. And obviously you got problems with the San Jose Sheriff's Department. Go clean those up and stop this crap. Okay. It's the only time anybody I've ever had get just outright rejected because of their stupidity. This guy's a Brit guy who's naturalized, and he's buying into all of these. Oh, here's another one of his. Jeff, you're going to love this. Anytime you're doing registered mail, you're in federal court. You're in a federal court proceeding if you accept or send registered mail. BS. I said, where in the hell did you get that? Who are you listening to, man? Stop listening to these yahoos. So anyway, uh, you know, you got to pay attention, and that's the reason I say on here multiple times every day, does anybody have any questions? The only dumb question is the one that isn't asked. That's the dumb question. Especially concerning forms. Especially concerning forms and procedural stuff here. Okay. It's not it's not really tricky now. And and as I said, these other guys, Copper Moonshine still, they advise people to put no, they weren't citizens of the United States. Well, if they haven't cured that deficiency, they're citizens of the United States and you're lying on there. My sense is they don't want to bust anybody on that because they don't want to bring that up. They don't want that to be brought out front to be an issue. Yeah. People can say, well, what do they mean they're not a citizen of the United States? That's my sense. Okay. Right, but the right. one thing you don't want to do is lie on that document, period. Yeah, especially when your mother's still living. You don't want to change her stat. Well, she it's not your choice. It's hers. Yeah, I know, yeah. I mean, you know, if my, my mom, it, my mom, you know, wouldn't, I don't know that she'd ever do that, but she wants to know about this. Interestingly enough, finally in her old age, but Gary and David, uh, our, our K brothers there, uh, their 91 year old mom, who's an avid listener to this show, evidently never misses a broadcast. Uh, she's 91 years old and she filed an affidavit here recently this year. God bless you. Okay. God bless you. The more these these people get up there, the ner- more nervous they get. And boy, you just wait until after we're finished with tonight and some of these other things that are working up to uh, to possible other platforms to expose this information on. It's very exciting, man. I've worked long and hard and made a lot of sacrifices and gone through a lot of ridicule, okay, to get to this point. I mean, listen, when I was in Argentina, the expat community down there hated me. Because I, I, I moved down there and started telling them all this stuff. And they were like this guy at lunch yesterday. What are you, wacko? What are you, anti-government? You know, all that. We listen to CNN. You're crazy. All right? So I went through that in Argentina for nine years. So I've been through it, man. I've made a lot of sacrifices to get here. But, but I knew I was always focused on the truth because I knew I had the truth. And I knew how important it was. And I knew somebody needed to get it out there because nobody else understood it. And nobody else is willing to do it to get it out there. And I wasn't going to quit because of that. And here we are. We're right on the verge of maybe even affecting a little bit of those lyrics in that opening song. I love to change the world, but I don't know what to do. We know what to do. Now all we got to do is do it. Is that you, Pat? Patrick. Yes, sir. I got a question about Argentina. 
Aren't they the ones that that uh, copied the uh, the German military model? Well, they were very close. Juan Perón was a really, really big Hitler uh, fan. And uh, there's a lot of proof that Hitler made it out through the rat lines and died a peaceful old age and down in Bariloche. Uh, had some very close friends down there. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, especially around Bariloche. Bariloche is down in the south part of Argentina, and uh, it's up in the mountains in the Andes. And there was a lot of Germans that settled around there. And evidently, you can go into bars and stuff, and they still break out in in German songs at night and stuff like that. From what I've heard, it warms the heart. It does. Well, listen, Argentina is a really neat country. I I liked living down there a lot. I like the people. Okay, they've been through a lot of crap because of their country and the way it was set up and the leadership. Unfortunately, they've had, but the people are very warm and they're all mostly European stock. You know, so even though you don't speak the language when you go down there, you look like them and you blend right in. And I dare say that Argentina is more Europe than Europe will ever be again. Quite honestly. Like there's a saying that uh, you know, you know, was, uh, was the um, the Versailles Agreement, or you know, where they uh, basically gave Stalin all of Europe, carved it all up, and uh, they they look at Americans and uh, and all the other uh, the Britons and the Canadians and everything. And says, so what, what, what's 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 up with this? You know, you guys, do you realize what you've done? You've you've turned all of Europe communist. Yeah. Well, World Well, World War II was the war that made Europe safe for communism. That's what it was. But I got Oh, oh yeah. I got very fond memories of Argentina and I really I feel sorry for the people down there because of their politics and their financial system. And uh, Argentina's got well, I guess there's a lot of countries in the world like this. You buy land down there? mineral rights do not run with the land they can find the biggest strike of oil or gold underneath your land and you ain't getting but a little bit of a sliver of it all mineral rights run with the government the andes has only been 17 percent of the andes on argentina side have been explored they are rife with mineral riches down there and because of this situation where the government owns all the mineral rights, I have a real dear friend down there who was third-generation Anglo-Argentinian. His grand, great-grandfather helped build the railroads for the Rothschilds down there and ended up staying, and they've had several generations that stayed. And they got an old family house and used to have a lot of property, don't have that much anymore, and he's turned it into kind of like a bed and breakfast, you know. And they had a Brit guy that was coming back from South Argentina that stayed with him, and Michael was telling me this story. And the guy was saying, we found down in Nahuila, it's down south of where I was, down a little more in actual Patagonia, and in one of the real 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 rich resource provinces down there and i just don't remember the name of it uh but he said we found a veritable mountain of silver he said the whole damn mountain silver huge huge silver content and the government of the province wants so much of the take that they decided not to mine it that's a big chunk yeah 
yeah so anyway but it was a really that was a nice nine years i had some terrible parts of it that were real horrific and but overall argentina is a really nice place and i really did like living down there that's the way government's run it's like i'm reading about uh, how people migrate immigrated into mexico and they they were basically ousted out of their property and they look at each other and say, what the heck are we doing down here yep and they got out of there Yep. Well, I was told that back uh, 100, 110, 20 years ago when all of the immigration from Europe started happening and uh, from all the different ports and the big ships full of immigrants would leave one of the big ports and they'd either turn north and go to New York or south and go to Buenos Aires. And there's just huge European culture down there. Buenos Aires, finest big city I've ever been in. Okay, I don't like big cities generally, but it's a really cool big city. It's one of the most beautiful cities in the world because they had all those European craftsmen and the architects, and they went down there and built all these beautiful buildings, and there's never been a war to tear them down, and all those old buildings are still there. And it's, there's some stunning, stunning architecture in Buenos Aires. Okay. Uh, they've got, for example, they've got the third, uh, uh, third best opera house in the world, the Teatro Colon, it's called. And I took a tour of it. It's right there on 9 de Julio. You know that street you see the picture of, the widest street in the world? It's got the big obelisk in the middle. It's 29 lanes. It's called 9 de Julio, and it's one of their, uh, their holidays, uh, Independence Days. And the Teatro Colon backs right up to that road. And it's a really big building. It's an unbelievably acoustically perfect uh, theater. And um, you could take a tour of it. And I, the, the gal said it's a pretty funny story. It took them 20 years to build it. And the first architect they had was an Italian architect. And he came over, and I think he died of a heart attack. He got about a third of it finished, and he died of a heart attack. So they went and got another Italian architect to come in and take over where he left off, and the guy got about another third of it done, and somebody caught him in bed with his wife and shot him dead. And so they said, well, the hell with the Italian architects. We're going to bring in a French architect. And so the last third, the front of it, is all French, and the rest of it's all Italian. And uh, uh, it, it is a magnificent hall. I went to an opera, uh, not an opera, a ballet in there when I was in town one time. They had a ballet in there. and It's just a fantastic place. But they've got a lot of that kind of stuff down there. Yeah, uh, Buenos Aires and New York are the only cities on the entire continent, north and south, that has true culture. Other cities have parts of culture, but they don't have it to the extent that those two do. And I used to really like going down there and going through the museums and all that kind of stuff. It's a really spectacular city. Uh, e. Michael Jones tells a story about what he called, I think he wrote a book called The, the Pump in Tanzania. And uh, it's all about where he, he, woke, he asked, you know, why you've got, you know, you people are just, you're, you're, you're drying, you're dying of thirst here. Why don't y'all fix this pump? You know, this water well pump. And he says, no, we don't do that. You know, uh, when he ran out all the uh, the white folks, there's nobody there to, yeah. to repair everything. Right. They can't grow crops either. They're star they're starving. And they used to be one of the bread baskets of the world down there in Rhodesia. 
Yeah, it's a, you know, that's the way of the world, man. And these communists uh, go in there and get all these other people all whapped up on all these ideologies and they do all this bad stuff and they drive the wicked whites out and they sit there and starve or die of thirst. Go figure, you know. You know, E. Michael, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Dr. Kevin McDonald, his cultural critique. Yeah. That whole book is just packed with stories about how the uh, educational system does nothing but critique white people. Yep, yep. Yeah, all of them. Yep. Oh, they hate us, you know. I, I mean, and, and yet they love to hide behind us, you know. We didn't see, well, Kyle Rittenhouse shot three Jews. I, I didn't hear that in any headlines or news uh, broadcasters, did you? No, they shot white guys. He didn't shoot any black guys. They shot these white guys. No, he didn't. He shot three damn Jews. They hide behind the whites. They hide behind the Orthodox Jews. I guess they can't hide behind the blacks, though, can they? I don't know. It's, uh, that's a questionable. They, 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 they enter and breed with them like when they, they came into Spain in, the, in, the, they, in the, uh, <laughs> 770 B.C. Uh, with, the, uh, with the Moors, and uh, they, uh, you know, they interbred with them. Yes. And uh, that was basically a Jewish operation. Yep, no doubt it about it. It was like 14, uh, 1492 yep. that, uh, that, they, that the Christians actually got it back. Well, you know, there's a lot of uh, historical people that will tell you that either Ferdinand or Isabella, one of them was a closet Marano. And that the they were the ones that financed Christopher Columbus to give an outlet to the Jews that had to be out by a certain day. And it was the day that or the day before or the day after Christopher Columbus left on his voyage. Dirty little secret. Okay. Yeah. Dirty little secret. So anyway, let me uh, let me come back here because I like to do this at certain times during our time together here this morning. Are there any new folks on here that have any questions particularly or any comments or observations you'd like to make or you'd just like to come on like yesterday Ramona did and said, hey, I'm Ramona. I'm new. I got some questions. And uh, we welcomed her with open arms. We don't bite. We're very gentle. So if you fit that category or if you're not new and you still got a question, we'd love to entertain it. So please step forward. Is it too late to send in an affidavit, Roger? Yes, it is. Well, no, you can send an affidavit in. You just can't attach it to that application for a passport. They're going to send you back. You send them a check and everything, right? Yeah. Okay, well, they're going to cash that, and they're going to send you back a slave passport. Now, what you can do, and this is something you may just want to do today, is take the affidavit that you didn't enclose and send it in with the instructions on that how to file a national affidavit send it in as what i term a cold affidavit without a passport application send it into that main state department address and over on the bottom left of your envelope put attention administrative records department i'd send it in return receipt requested and just put a little cover letter on there please find the enclosed citizenship evidence Please place it firmly and permanently in my administrative file. Hugs and kisses, John. Now you'll be covered. You just won't have an ID to attach to it. Now, to to, to to remedy that, you go get 
a renewal. You could even do this today and follow up your, your DS-11. DS-11, by the way, is the one that you use if you've never applied for a passport before or if it was the last one you had was 15 or 20 years ago. I forgot what the time limit is. And they want you to do a DS-11 again. And that's the one where you got to make an appointment with an administrating official and sign it in front of an administrating official. And if there's not one of those at the post office where they got a guy that takes care of this or a gal they want you to go in front of a judge and sign it john what other government documents make you go in front of a judge to sign it there's none and why is this one so exceptional because this is the point where you can volunteer out okay yeah i signed it at the post office yeah right you got to sign it in front of them it says in big letters stop do not sign this unless in the presence of an administrating official okay and it says in the instructions if there isn't one of those there go hunt you up a judge and sign it in front of him that's a little extreme doesn't it seem like to you john very extreme okay yeah it's because they know what this is and they've gone to great lengths to do their very best to hide this option from you They've got the the warning box hidden. They've got it a, an, an American Samoan non-citizen national in there to try and throw you off anymore. And for those of you who are new, I guarantee you this is the psychological game they're playing there because most people, they figure, don't know about the 14th Amendment like my guy at lunch yesterday. Okay, And uh, so they don't have the knowledge we have that there's two statuses, and they're reading that oath. Very few people. How many people you think really read that oath carefully? please okay and so there if there there is somebody that reads it and they're going i swear under penalty of perjury i'm a citizen of the united states or a non-citizen national now if somebody was reading that carefully and they were ignorant as to the 14th amendment their thought process would probably go something like this hold it i'm signing this under penalty of perjury that's the same thing i signed those 1040 forms under i better pay close attention here I swear under penalty of perjury, I'm a citizen of the United States or a non-citizen national. Now, I don't know what that is, but I know I'm a citizen, just like this guy at lunch yesterday. I know I'm a citizen, and this is a non-citizen, so whatever it is, I know I can't be that. That's what they're trying to achieve right there. You want to talk about slick, John? Didn't you say how slick they were? Very. Okay. Yes. See, that's why I'm telling you, you get into this information and understand it, you're undressing these bastards. And if you thought that they were ugly before, man, they're almost unbearable to look at now. You just want to go grab I want to go grab them and put a rope around their neck and hang them. That's my immediate first response. Okay. And listen, guys, if you're listening, I hate your effing guts, okay? And I'm begging you, I'm begging you on my knees to please put my name on the ADL and the Sodomy Pedophile Larceny Center hate list right up there at the top. And it's S-A-Y-L-E-S. Don't you misspell it, okay? Because I want all the people that look at that to be able to get me in a search engine real quick and see what we're talking about. And we'll have a whole much more people that want to hang your sorry asses to. And I tell you what, um, Roger, that... uh that third paragraph uh, on the, under the certificates of non-citizen nationality that Alan found or Jeff found or one, one of the guys. I, found. I, I, I found that one day by absolute pure God guiding me to it. 
that's an eye popper. That's an eye popper. Well, that's what I'm wanting Tom to put in front of this attorney that thinks I'm so insane. You know, we got, and she doesn't listen too much because I know she's working. We got a really nice little Thai gal out in L.A. in Southern California who's naturalized. Her name's Anita. And Anita's got a friend. I don't know if it's a boyfriend or what. I just know it's a friend, a male friend, who's an immigration attorney. And he's been an immigration attorney for 31 years. All right. And he's she's telling him about this, the Thai immigrant. And he's going, if you do that, they're going to deport you. <laughs> and so he's always on her. And she's coming to me. What do I tell him? I said, we'll send him this right here, this certificate of non-citizen nationality. Well, guess what? He don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Anytime she brings it up, he doesn't want to talk about it now. Roger. It's, it's easier to you fool know, a man. Hall. It's easier to fool a man than to tell him he's been fooled. What about Miss Hall? Yeah, look, she was a immigration attorney. Well, I'm, I, I understand. Well, I, I, I can't help that. I'm sorry for her. <laughs> it's like this guy yesterday. Well, I worked for immigration for 30 years. I say, well, hell, so they mistrained you and taught you bad law for 30 years and you put up with it? <laughs> They, they're supposedly, they, as I understand it, they uh, are very coherent in understanding your status, yeah, which I would imagine they would be. You know, you know, are you a U.S. citizen, or are you a, you know, an immigrant, or you know, you're looking at your visa. What's your status? You know, I don't know exactly how coherent they are, but. You know, they, they, they really key in on, on your status. Oh, without a doubt, you know. And this guy yesterday, no, if you're, if Kamala Harris is a natural-born citizen, I'm going, holy shit, you represented me in that area for 30 years? <laughs> you know, it, how, how damn dumb are you to have just fallen off the turnip truck like that? All you got to realize is that Kamala Harris can run for the presidency or the legislature of Jamaica today. And our forefathers didn't want somebody compromised, potentially like that, running the country. What is hard to understand about that? No. Oh. No, I'm a citizen of the United States. Okay. Well, next time, hopefully, I'll get the CAT. We won't get in. I, I try not to get argumentative, you know, but I just can't help it because I got the facts, and these guys are totally lost. And so I wish I'd have thought of this yesterday. I said, you know, AT, you're a nice guy, but you look mighty white to me, and you're telling me you're black. Now, what's the deal here? So, anyway, uh, who was that was talking a minute ago? Somebody chimed in. Um I was talking about Christian Hall. Yeah, I know. There was the other guy that talked before you, and I didn't recognize his voice, but I sure appreciate all oh, you folks. Okay, there's it, you? Yeah, that might have been me, Roger, from Dave. Yeah. From oh, it's Dave. Well, I know you don't talk to us enough for me to recognize your voice. Dave, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. How's your lovely mom? Oh, she's, last time I checked, she's wonderful. Okay. Everything's, she's healthy and, uh, hanging in there okay good we'll always we send our best and our love to her and no, uh so yeah you got a nice family have y'all got your sister into this thing yet uh, uh she's I, I don't i've i've kept pushing it um sending her things in the past that i bring it up but it's, just, it's not 
It doesn't, re- it doesn't register. Well, I got a I got a poor email from a guy the other day. He's, he says, "Man, look, he's he's one of the thumper people, you know, one of the pe- Patriot Soapbox folks." And he's going, "I want to do this," and my wife's scared as hell. <laughs> and so now they got this division inside the family, you know. And I said, "Well, you you don't you don't you know this is your decision, and she's got to make hers. It's all an individual decision." And I've certainly seen this, you know, this Patriot stuff break up a lot of marriages over the years okay i i I just don't get it i mean i just don't understand my brother has worked on her and her husband and it's 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 explained everything to them and they've listened it's just it's not going the bell's not going off well some people just you know like i said with deanna spingolan when i was doing i told deanna what it was and i said she said, well, wouldn't everybody want to do this? I said, ho, 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 ho. Don't go stepping out like that because you're going to be real disappointed because there's a whole bunch of people that won't for whatever reason. Okay? So don't hang your hat on that. Go find the people that are interested, that are looking for answers that we can work with and want the information. Those are the hot molecules that we're looking for. So in other words, see if they can frost a mirror. If they can't frost a mirror, go on to the next one. Because those people, like your sister and her husband, man, they're either scared or they really like living in the pink cloud. It's just like an alcoholic, you know. They just want to keep drinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really against the, the the jab. I mean, well, that's a positive. It, you know, it is a positive. There's no way they'll take the jab. Well, if then so. then that maybe that's how you approach them and go. Well, what happens if they mandate it? Mm-hmm. Oh, or then 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 you come back and say, by the way, who are the only people they can mandate something like that on? Who do you think? so you know you can lead a horse to water dave but you can't make them think so true yeah yeah so uh anyway we're glad to hear from you man there's somebody else is that who john was that you no no this is efren efren how you doing man hey you mentioned the spingola interview i i shared in a group chat that i'm involved in and um following up on ramona's question that you answered uh, or helped uh, clarify is whether or not she could work uh, while being a national and uh, you answered that but there's another friend in in here that in this chat that asked the question um answering attempting to answer saying i don't think you can be employed while being a, a national he's under the impression that that um that you can't have a bank account you cannot own land. You have to be completely well, out of the system. Well, well what you tell, uh, show him. You entirely show him. off the grid. Well, he's be just, a gypsy and a vagabond. Yeah, well, he's That's just, what he's saying. Well, he's just wrong. You know, sorry. He's that old patriot mythology disinformation crap. Ask him and show him where in that policy statement from the State Department, it says all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals, and ask him if he's ever heard of discrimination laws. You see, you, they can't not allow you to do it because then it's blatant discrimination because both statuses are the same. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we haven't had anybody try and pursue that that I know of, but I, I, if somebody needs to if the, if we get any kind of blowback. My my situation is I've never heard of anybody being discriminated about by being a national. You know, you can go buy guns. You can drive without a driver's license with your passport card. Uh, you can do all kinds of stuff, and they're not saying you can't do it or trying to arrest you. They just go, okay, we'll drive careful out there. So your your friend in there just tell him, Tell him it ain't what I know that's killing me. It's what I know that ain't so. Hey, Roger. Hey, it's Gary. That's what the whole exempt status on the W-4 is for. That's why it's there. Okay. And the W-4 is what you fill out when you do your employment. And also, if you look at a I-9, which is the status thing, the first list on the I-9 is can be filled out with a passport. It's the B and C column that you use a driver's license and a Social Security card. So if you're a national, you use your passport to fill out the I-9. You put exempt on your W-4, and you're totally legal. There you go, right? Well, like Dave. Dave got into the back of his office there with Oracle software and checked i'm not i'm I'm exempt from federal taxation and it's you've been getting a lot more funds in your check and you sell, tell us dave oh substantially okay well I mean, you, I, okay, now what's my percentage of that <laughs> well basically it's minus the fica <laughs> yeah okay now fica is FICA, social security isn't it no that's federal federal taxes okay okay all right that's what they're taking to contribute to to uh your income tax totals do you, does the name i know it doesn't this is a rhetorical question holder. does the name beardsley rummel ring a bell with you dave i've heard the name beardsley rummel he's the gentleman that came up with withholding in the 40s said, no, we don't want them to pay at the end of the year. We want to take it out all year long and make them apply to get it back. Beardsley Rummel. And make them feel like it's a gift when they get it back. Hey, Bob, you too, man. We're having a round robin here today. How you doing? Happy New Year, Bob. Happy New Year, everybody. Sorry about LSU, Roger. I yeah, I turn. Well, that's okay, man. We're we're looking for a new coach, you know. Oh, that's right. You're the Kansas guy. I, you guys evidently. No, don't Kansas. You put K the State. okay, K State. K State. You put the big. Okay, well, you put the big time whooping on yeah. us last night. I was surprised. Honestly, I expected it to be a lot closer, but anyway. Well, you know, they were uh, they they I hadn't paid any much attention really. Uh, uh, they ran my coach out of there, and we got a good coach coming in. This guy from Notre Dame, Brian Kelly. Uh, right. But right. Uh, but evidently they're in there using a their quarterback last night. I never even heard of the guy. You know, we had two other people was, ahead uh, of him, so I don't know what's going on. He was on a over converted there. wide receiver that played played college, or played high school yeah. quarterback, and he was quite talented. But you know, it just it ruined everything for him. Yeah. I, I feel bad for him. Yeah, well, that's but I okay. I don't feel bad for our guys. Yeah, they put a whooping on him. Yeah, well, hey, it's okay. You know, I'm, anyway, I'm long over that kind of stuff. I don't mind even licking any wounds. Uh, but we'll yeah. see. We'll see what Mr. Well, Kelly does over there next year. Yeah. Well, something that I wanted to comment on, uh, Gary, I believe it is. I've met your 
met your brother and your wonderful mother a couple years ago. Right. And uh, someday I'll have to see if I can get together with the whole bunch of you. You guys called me that and, day. You called me on, on the cell phone. Yes, I did. got to meet all of you guys. Yeah, we had a video chat there. Correct. Um, the other thing I wanted to comment on that really stirred me up was the idea, picking nits here, right? Um, I'm not sure technically, and this is one of those we could probably parse ten ways, but I'm not sure technically if a national can be employed. They can have a job. They can get a, pe- a check, but it's not wages because that's a legal term. You're, pro- you're probably right. they're an employee. I don't think they're an employee because putting your putting your neck in that yoke, I think, is something that's particular to citizens. I don't even know if I want. They've they have agreed to be a federal employee. That's the whole point. Of course, you know, back in the day when it got instituted, it was all about taxing the federals. You know, everybody that was employed federally could be taxed. Well, now we just have to subvert everybody else and make them tacitly agree that they're federal citizens and federal employees. I'm not even sure I want to get in and try and parse that. Well, I understand, but I just thought it would be food for thought. We don't grow without stretching our brain. Well, I understand that. I don't readily accept the idea that we're employees, but I know the... Yeah, I understand. I mean, look, Uh, John... John And you can have bank accounts, you can do other things, but you've got to find the right institution and the right people in the institution that are willing to work with you, or else it's like pushing a sled uphill. But technically, yes, you know, with certain papers and forms to uh, mute their, their protests, you can do it. I, you know, there's so many new people coming on and getting turned on to what we do here, and I, I try and get this stuff real simplified. And what Bob's talking about right there is a, a real deep dive into real intricate stuff, okay? But let me buttress what you're saying. The very first income tax was, anybody know? When what do you was, mean, percentage? When was the first income tax applied and who applied it? Civil War, during the Civil War. Yep, you got it. It was during the Civil War, and it was Lincoln. And who did it apply to? Who did it apply to only? Federal employees. Rich people? Rich people. Federal employees. Federal. Okay, and why? Because they're the ones that are employed by the federal government. It goes back to the formula. If you receive the benefit, you owe the duty. And because they had the benefit of federal employment, they had the duty of paying the income tax he imposed. That's why. It's really interesting for the new folks um, to go to Weiss Paris. I'm not saying everything they do is correct. I'm not saying everything they do is, you know, they're how good. you want to do it. No, they're very good. But they've got an exhaustive, they've got an, they've got an exhaustive resource. Their resource, uh, what do they call it, resource room, resource page. But they've got very good uh, historical documents showing how it all came about, the intent of the legislation, who it applied to, and how it's changed over the decades yeah. and morphed into something that we all think we're obligated to pay 
and yeah, it's it's really interesting. WeissParis.com. Uh, you know, it's very interesting uh, you mentioning that firm. They're in Florida down there. I think they're by you somewhere down there, New Smyrna Beach or something. And uh, Thumper, when I first got on with Thumper, he was talking about. Uh, Oh, what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, uh, the John and Glenn term, where you find that you've mis- misapplied your status. Uh, revoking the election. Revoking your election. Yes, that revocation of election. Revocation of election. Well, that's John and Glenn's yeah. research right there. Okay, they didn't come up with it. Uh-huh. They got it from John and Glenn. Glenn, John got it because he could read through those regulations, and that's where he found it. You know, it's too bad he didn't concentrate more on the first page on their jurisdictional statement, or they'd have never had to go through all that crap. Okay, but he didn't, right. and and so he figured it out. And then when I did uh, the interview that Gary set me up with Jim White, our mutual friend Jim White out there in Flathead County, and he brought up revocation of election, and I thought, hell, he these two hosts i get with and both of them have been exposed to john and glenn's research and they don't even know it you know i just thought that was kind of interesting they yeah they got a lot more influence out there than they ever got credit for and you know if there's one thing that i really try and do is give john benson and glenn to the the credit for what we do here because without the effort the yeoman's effort and the sacrifices those two guys made we wouldn't know any of this stuff. We'd still be a ship the sailing guy, on the land, you know, out there with the David Strait. Yeah, the guy who ran that site, I say ran past tense. I understand that he died, but I'm not 100% on that. His his name was Adele White, uh-huh. which is where the Weiss comes from. But I got onto him through Joyce. He came on Joyce one or two times a year for multiple years, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of just went over the same thing to pick people's interest, you know, and uh, I found it really interesting and uh, just the whole idea of, it, uh, you know, we think of election right. <laughs> and people immediately think of voting. Well, yeah, it is, but election's really a choice, you know. You have elected to right. have them scrambled or sunny side up by right. an election. You know? right. It's right. a choice and it's a voluntary thing. For the audience, let me just tell you the process. John stumbled on this. He had figured it out. He'd written a bunch of stuff. John was not an extrovert type A guy. If Glenn would not have, if the good Lord wouldn't have had Glenn's path cross with John's at a traffic seminar on traffic law and stuff in Bullhead City, Arizona, then John would have probably died and all this stuff would have been stacked up in a corner of his closet and gotten thrown away, quite frankly, really. And so Glenn crossed paths with him and got some of his information and said, man, I think there's a business we can build here. And so what they did was they would take that revocation of election, and the story is in the regulations. You can go read it, you know, uh, if you want to fumble through all that. But if you've been filing as a citizen of the United States and you realize that you're not, that you're a non-resident alien, you can go back and rev- revoke the election, revocation of election, and they will allow you to go back and correct your last three years of filings, and they'll send you all the money back. Now, that's in their regulations, okay? And so that's where the affidavit came from. 
And the affidavit we would file is the five-page one, all this that paid to go through the course, sent the same one in. And uh, and we would send it not to the Secretary of State because we didn't know about that. Although we knew everything else, we didn't know to send it to him, and we sent it right straight to the IRS with the three years of corrected tax returns. And what John and Glenn would do is they charged you $1,500 to go through the weekend seminar. So you got an unbelievable exposure to all this fantastic legal information that all of us never had a background in. You sit down for 30 hours in two days and get all that shoved at you. And by the end of Sunday night, when you're trying to get the paperwork done and finish your head spinning like Dorothy and the Exorcist, okay? And so the first few people that did that, the IRS honored it and sent them big checks back. Well, of course, like any kind of a network marketing or something, man, these guys are waving all these big checks around. Well, that gets people real stimulated, you know. Money, either debt or real money, is energy. If you don't believe it, just wave some in front of people and watch them react. And so then the IRS figured out what was going on. And that's when they started giving us $500 frivolous filing penalties for every year we sent in. And now it's 5000 Okay. So what, the big piece we were missing, we had the affidavit. We had all that stuff. We didn't know about the Secretary of State. If we'd have known about the Secretary of State back then, we may live in a different country today if we'd have known that. Can't say for sure. But we had 30 years to work on it from that point instead of where we are now. So all things work together for good. Obviously, this is the way God wants it worked out. And uh, we'll deal with it as it comes and keep striving no matter what happens. Put one foot in front of the other and go for the goal, you know. But, uh, but that was the case on this. Now, before that, just for the new folks here, some of you old folks have heard this story. Before that, as they were putting all this together, John and Glenn contacted the IRS, and they sent them all a bunch of the workbook and a lot of what they were doing and, and you know, telling them everything. We're going around the country. We're doing this seminar on taxes. If any of your agents want to come and they show us their identification, we'll let them in for free and give them free class materials. And the IRS wrote them back and said, Wow, thank you very much. We're going to turn this over to the education department. And shortly thereafter, John and Glenn got a visit from the education department, and they were educated because they held glocks at their heads for eight hours and made them sit on the floor while they took everything. So that's the background dealing with the IRS on this information. Now, fortunately for all of us, out of the six months they were teaching, they only let them teach six months. There were 1,200 paid students in that six months' time. And out of those 1,200 people that were exposed to that 30-hour-plus weekend seminar and all this information, Roger was the only one that pursued it. Roger, out of 1,200, was the only person that continued with the information. And it, had it not been for that, Again, we'd still be following David straight, thinking we're ships sailing on the sea, on the land. Okay. Now, I'm not tooting my horn here. As I've told you guys, I don't know how that happened other than the grace of God. Okay. And I'm the most unlikely person on the face of the earth to be doing this. 
but here I am. Okay, and we obviously have got answers, and it scares the pee waddling out of these bastards because they got no response, no Sorry. reply, and they can't do shit except stand there mute, guilty as the naked ass day they were born. Yeah, Patrick. Oh, David Strait. Um, I'm pretty much acquainted with all of this material, and uh, say he's uh, he's he he, clay, he uh, considers us ships sailing on the land. That's what I keep hearing. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I don't spend my time chasing those kind of things. I'm not looking for other patriot research guys. Go well. How can I pick their stuff apart? I concentrate on our stuff, getting it firmer, getting it easier to understand and explain, and trying to expand our ranks. That's my goal and my concentration. I don't waste time listening to Anna Von you know, Wright. I don't waste time listening to David Strait. I tried at one time years ago to listen to David Wynn Miller, and I couldn't get more than about 30 seconds under my belt before I turned him off. Oh, he's tough. Uh, but uh, there's a guy by the name of High Frequency Radio. Uh, he's a black guy. He's very, very shrewd. He had all these uh, heavyweight comes on. Yeah, he interviewed this one guy uh, who understood uh, the tax law in the sense that if we, if they would have taught us that we are a ship, you know, a ship's captain, and, if they, and we knew that if they taught us in school to uh, to be a captain of our own ship, you know, we could actually, uh, you know, uh, uh, blend in with this corporate system that they that they because because everything they do. Is you know is like currency and banks and birthing and you know that that just they made us into this maritime. Well, now you now you're sounding like John. That's all the connections our friend John, who was on or talking to us earlier, made too. You know, a birth. It's a birth certificate, a B E R T H, not a B I R T H, but a B E R T H because you're birthing a ship. You're 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 a ship because when your mama's womb and the water broke, you came out into the world. I mean, it's just I'm not trying to be critical of these people, okay? But and I understand that this is a very complex and well concealed plan they got going here, and people have been trying to find dots they could connect for thirty years, and they'll grab two that look like they connect on this premise we're talking about right here, and they connect them. And buddy, once they've connected those dots, you got to get dynamite or nitro to blow that out of their minds. Batting down the hatches, I'm jumping ship. <laughs> well, shiver me timbers. <laughs> Hey, he has no pair. I'm going to hit the rocks. You're drifting. Change course. They're keelhauling me. They're going to keelhaul me. Please. Shape up or ship out. Come there on, you man. Go. Well, uh, sorry. It's merchant law. It's all contract law. And what you do right. here, Patrick, is you don't look at the rights and duties. You look at the remedies. What's the remedy for admiralty law? What's the only remedy for admiralty yeah. law? Don't show up. I mean, they're gonna no, 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 right no. There's, a, there's, a, there's a remedy for it. They got a name for it. It identifies it. It's called prize, prize, P-R-I-Z-E. And what that means is, I kicked your ass and I take your stuff, and that's my prize. Well, you don't see a lot of prize going on. They're doing everything with procedure, and they're called self-help remedies because they don't have to go to court to get a judgment to execute them. 
you may know them and be familiar with them a little more easily as lean, levy, garnishment, and seizure. And those come right. from the Babylonian Merchant Code. So, you know, that's the big thing. See, in our community of Patriot researchers, you hear a lot of them talking about rights, don't you, Patrick? You're new. I'm going to pick on you a little bit, okay? So you oh, hear, yeah. You hear a bunch bring of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, do you ever hear very many of them mention the word duty? And have you ever heard any of them mention the word remedy? And all three of those things are equal and important. See, how much on uh, other than rights? It is constantly uh, you're violating my rights, right? My so what, what, not, what exactly rights? Which one are you talking well, about? Well, not only that, they misidentify them as constitutional rights, and the only rights that right. document gives you are civil rights under the Fourteenth Amendment. Hmm. The I others take away. The others are God-given rights with constitutional protections. But they get constitutional rights from the 14th Amendment, and they're very vocal. Don't you take away my constitutional rights. Well, why don't you learn what the hell you're talking about? They, they avoid that. They, they ask uh, Justice Scalia, you know, uh, you know, you keep referring to fundamental rights, fundamental this. Fundamental, what do you, you know, why don't you just say it? It's common law. You're common law right. Your, your God-given right. They said, that sounds too Catholic. They will do anything to let you know how the game is played. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, they're right. I mean, I've told you just recently, you go back they and find to. this on YouTube. I promise you. And I encourage you to go look it up. Go look at the recent ceremony from within the last year and a half or so when they swore in Amy Conan Barrett in the Rose Garden after that contentious uh, confirmation in the Senate and look at who administered the oath, Clarence Thomas, one of the better justices up there. I really like that guy a lot, okay? And administered an oath to what? Uphold the laws of the United States and not the United States of America. And he damn well knows the difference because I've heard him expound on the difference in front of Harvard Law students. There you go. They're, they're, they're all uh, just clear. Won't, wouldn't touch it. Uh, you know, and if he won't touch it, then all the yeah, these new ones is, uh, you know, uh, 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 Gunderson, what's his name? I can't think yeah, of Ted, name. Yeah, Ted, Ted Gunderson. All of them. They're, they're all, you know, not, not Ted Gunderson. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. Gorsuch. 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 Yeah, these, yeah, he's, he's, I think he's like, he was CFR. You know, these people, and, uh, you know, Amy Kimmel Barrett, she was like a, uh, she was a, everything she done was was for the deep state. Do you know, you know who, every one of them they they put in there? Do you know whose whose head clerk she was? Mm, Scal- no, Scalia. Oof. She was Scalia. She was Scalia's law clerk. You know, they generally have a couple of them. I think she was the head one for Scalia. Yep. Yeah, sure. and then that other guy, I can't think of. They put him in there. He, uh, they kept breaking over coals about Kavanaugh. His, uh, Kavanaugh. His, uh, Kavanaugh. Yeah. Uh, 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 he he was uh, he's one that wrote the, the Patriot Act. One of them is Kev- Kavanaugh. That was one of the guys that had a real in- integral part in covering up Vince Foster's death in Watergate. Yeah, I think so. Okay. 
So yeah, man, there's all kinds of. I mean, hey, listen, it's just a it's just a godsend that we got Clarence Thomas set on the bench up there. I mean, you know, he's a he's a real straight shooter. Clarence Thomas is. And again, yeah, well, a Catholic, we lost Catholic guy. He, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Scalia is the one that that wrote uh, that went out of his way to explain that we were the uh, we were the fourth. Uh, a uh, 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 form of fourth, what do you call it? Fourth branch of government. Yeah. You know, the common law. Right. And uh, so, I mean, we could thank him for that. I mean, that was like, whew. well, in his memory, let's go out and see if we can get enough people that have access to it to resurrect it and make it effective because we can do that. Okay. Is it going to be hard? Yeah. Uh, it's difficult explaining this to people. It's difficult herding cats. It's difficult getting all Ooh, this crap God. out of people's minds. But people are looking for answers right now. And I mean that we, we've got now. We got the means and we got the ways to do it. Uh, we just got to get in there and get it done. And like things like tonight with with Tom D and some of these other things that are shaping up. Thank you, Gary, for your contribution. Some of these other things making turn the tide for us. All we got to do is get one of them. We get one of these big platforms and i think the rest of them are going to be begging begging for the information because everybody's looking for it everybody's looking for answers man there's tens of millions of us looking for answers and they're open and they're receptive all we got to do is find the way to get it to yeah them. i was on the political cesspool i don't know if you're familiar with the political cesspool uh that's what the biggest uh you know southern based radio station uh, in the south, no, and uh, I got on there, and I was, I was. You never heard of uh, the political cesspool? Never have. With, uh, I thought James, it was. Uh, I thought it was in. First of all, James I thought Edward? it was. I thought yeah. it was in D.C. <laughs> oh my God! Come on now, uh, the political cesspool. You're, you're, you're just be, You know what I'm talking about. No, I don't. Funny. I've I don't. never heard. No, I've never uh, heard of it before. I, I mean, mean, other than reference in D.C., I've never heard of it oh. before. Oh my God! The thing is that he was a he was a, a the go to guy for a long time. Like he was that Pat Buchanan's uh, campaign man, campaign manager. Oh, okay, is, it, know, is this uh, out of Houston? Yeah, you're well connected. Is this out of Houston, Patrick? You're, no, no, you're... it's out of Tennessee. Oh, okay. No, out I'm te- Tennessee. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I've been had my blinders on too long. I've never heard of it before. It's a clan. That's what it is. It's, it's a flagship station for the clan. Uh, oh, okay. and uh, yeah, I was talking on there. And I was explaining to them that you know your 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 uh, your bill of rights is declaratory of the common law, and uh, and I was going into all that you know that uh, like uh, 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 Andrew Palatano said you know tell me what you think your your bill of your rights are and I'll add thirty or forty more to it, and then it goes along with the Ninth Amendment. Yeah, uh, 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 you know you have rights not enumerated shall not be denied or disparaged. Well, yeah, they, but they've lost. We've lost all that. Well, they y'all, you got civil rights. You can't have those and civil rights at the same time. You're either pregnant or you're not pregnant. Which one are you? Hey, Roger. You're really muddy hey. in the water. Yeah, Gary. Oh, yeah. We we got we got muddy water around here. Hey, Gary, what you got? Boy, you sound good. Your fidelity there. Well, uh, the Ninth Amendment is one amendment that the uh, the courts won't touch. If you study the court the court cases is, a lot and stuff, is that they, the one where you got to have twenty dollars or for for a uh, for a disagreement or something? Twenty dollars in silver or something? 
No, it's the one where they say that we have a lot of rights that aren't enumerated in the Constitution. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I imagine that's right. They will not touch that at all. Well, they first. go strictly. They go strictly what? Fourteenth Amendment well, totally course. ignore the. Uh, well, of course, because you're all under the the presumption that you're Fourteenth Amendment citizens. You've agreed every time they've asked you, and you don't have access to any of all those other rights that nobody wants to tell you about. They don't want to tell you about them because they can't because you can't have them. There's a glass ceiling there. You got to either have well, natural rights or you got to have civil rights. One of the two, and well, they're mutually exclusive. Well, two, people need to wrap their mind around the fact that the Bill of Rights is amended to the Constitution is limits on government. Of course. It is not limits on you as a person. And that's a, and they've been, but people have been uh, educated to the Bill of Rights as, oh, those are my rights. No, those were meant to be limits government so they didn't breach your rights those are god-given rights that are constitutional protections the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed okay i know the courts can't understand that term infringed well, they don't, they, they wanna, don't understand. well they don't want to understand it because they think everybody's got these civil rights which they can regulate and telling you what you can buy and what you can't and when you can wipe your ass and when you can't I know, underneath the uh, Privileges and Immunity Clause of the 14th Amendment. Well, you know, and that's a real nice thing over there in Title 42 for the newbies. Title 42 of the United States Code is the Civil Rights Title. Okay, so all the civil rights, everything under the 14th Amendment is over there in Title 42, and you'll hear them talk about his Title 42 suits. Brent informed us one day, do you know the only thing that judges hate worse than a Title 42 suit, Gary? Probably something constitutional. I don't know. The, the lawyer that brought it. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't surprise. <laughs> Same with <laughs> won't bring the Ninth Amendment into a court either. And so in 42, so I think it's section 1983 and 86. There's two of them right there. And it says the privileges and immunities of the citizens of the United States are equal to those of the white citizens. It says that right in the United States Code. Okay, Congress, you tell me who's racist, you bastards. Well, in the, in the United States Code 28, it, I think it's 3863 or 36-83, something like that. It tells you that they can totally abuse you as citizens. I mean, they lay it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got that long two-page thing that John put together on all those court sites saying your property. Uh, I send that out now whenever I send out a, uh, uh, an information package. I got a real nice one today from a gal named Suzanne. She may be listening today. Um, hopefully she'll be listening tonight. I told her about it. She says, I got a friend who keeps telling me all about you and this, that, and the other, and this, that, and the other. And so I'm requesting a package. I said, well, I'm, I'm happy to send it to you, sweetheart. And, you know, I'm be over there tonight if you want to listen and get into this. But it's, it's very interesting. See, people are spreading the word. The way we spread this is you guys. 
You guys have got to talk to people like David and Gary trying to talk to their sister and whoever talked to Suzanne here, he hit a home run, it sounded like to me. You know, if somebody goes to the website and goes to the problem of finding the contact me button and sending you an, inform, an email to explaining that story and requesting information, you probably got somebody that can frost a mirror. Hey, Roger. Also, can, Bob, can you repeat that website you said earlier about the information? Weiss, put it in the chat. Weiss Paris. Okay. Isn't that it, Bob? Weiss. Bob may be. Is that, he may be out. Is that W-E-I-S-S? I think it's W-E-I-S-S Paris. Put Weiss Paris or Paris Weiss. I think it's Weiss Paris Law Firm. Maybe It may be WeissParis.com. It's something like that, Gary. If you'll fool around with it, I'm sure you'll find it. It's all really extensive IRS stuff, and like Bob says, very informative. Thanks. Is that you, Bob? I hear somebody unmuted. Is that you coming in to correct us? Up, oh, you muted again. Okay, so does anybody here towards the end of the show? We got, I don't know, a few minutes left, 20 or so, a little less. Anybody got any questions or anything they'd like to bring up as we're uh, tailing out today? Yeah, Roger, I got a little input. Samuel. Yeah, I, uh, Buenos. if you, if you go to QWant and you put in there how to open a bank account for a non-resident, you're going to get all kinds of hits. Oh, oh, oh you, you know, well, I guess that's, you should put how to open a bank account for a national. Okay. Yeah, well, I tried that, and they, and they go to resident. They do. Okay. Yeah. Now, and let me tell you, well, you I've had experience yeah. with that down here, okay? And they will not open you a bank account in any of these countries unless you've got residency. Now, why is that? Vice Paris link is in the chat room now. Okay, thank you, Jeff. Why is it that these countries down here won't open you a bank account? Not just down here, we're worldwide, I'm sure. Why won't they open you a bank account if you're a non-resident? Because they want you to be one. Because because the laws of the country don't apply to you unless you're a resident. Mm -hmm. Now, you see, there's a difference in our country. Because you're a non-resident alien, and you're a non-resident to the 14th Amendment, but you're still an American. Well, the loophole is probably in there, I would assume, these days, is because of all the illegals they're leaving in. No doubt. And they want them to be able to be comfortable here. We we should be able to slide maybe into that slot. I well, know. I know that there's not. I know you can open up an account up there if you're a non-resident because my Argentine people, friends down there in Argentina, the couple that I was close to, uh, got one opened up in Florida so they could get direct deposit on their Social Security in it. Well, it w- one of the articles I read is uh, they can't touch exempt funds like that, um, even in in a. In a in a in a bankruptcy or a lien, they can't touch Social Security. But the, not, I'm not real clear on all of that. But if 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 people will go and just you can put national in, and it's most of the hits are going to come up resident is mm-hmm. from what I saw well, so far. Again, this is one of those not areas resident. that I keep talking about where we need to press the envelope and somebody go into a bank. Put the affidavit in front of them. Tell them you're U.S. national and you want to open up an account. And that's how we're yeah, going to I, find out answers to this stuff. I've always tried to see if you could get into the Bank of North Dakota because that's a state bank, right? Right. Or it, 
yeah, and um, they're very particular. Uh, they really just try to look out for state residents. I mean, they give all kinds of deals to oh, man, they've got a disabled big- to young people before their first birthday. They will put equaling funds for um, furthering their education at eighteen. Um, they, you know, they do all kinds of things that yep. are. They've got their they own socialists. They've got their own kind of central bank up there, basically. The way I understand yeah. it, uh, and they're the only they, state that do. Okay, and they're very solvent as opposed to all the other ones. Oh yeah, they, they've. There's been no depression, low in un- unemployment, uh, because they're there to make loans to people who need them. Yep. Now somebody was trying to say something right there. Who was that? That's Gary. Gary. One key to your standard bank account that people probably aren't aware of is the standard bank account. When you just walk into a bank and sign up for a bank account, you're getting a benefit. And the benefit is that the bank is paying you 0.01% interest a year. So... By agreeing to that, you're getting the benefit. So then, there again, you're getting a benefit. So you owe the duty. That's right. And you, you you're signing up as a citizen of the United States, you know. And you sign up when you sign. They give you a little index card to sign, right? So you got your signature on file, right? right. Well, if the main thing is people don't know is you're getting a benefit of point zero one percent interest a year. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't you don't look for your Florida retirement on that. Yeah, and it may it may even be point zero zero one. It's it's real tiny. It's yeah, like pennies. Even if you put a million dollars in there, it's still like pennies. It's under a dollar. But the fact is, you're still getting a benefit. Yeah, well, the Jew bastards that own the bank can't stand paying you even that little, really. Yeah, no, but the, I was just responding to the question of people who wanted to maybe still have a checking account or a way to transfer things around um they they are systems out there that will allow you not to have to have proof of residency okay well yeah for a non-interest bearing account yeah that's why you do it. tell them you want a non-interest bearing account that's oh, okay. a way to get around it yep who was trying really? to interject something right there a minute ago? That's the way you used I, I to get to one. That's the one you used to get where, you know, people would go in with they got this false information about the Social Security number. No, I don't want to give you my Social Security number. Well, they'd open up a non-interest-bearing uh, account for those people. Yeah, is that you, Patrick? Yeah, I just wanted to interject something that uh, Anna, of course, is uh, starting her own bank. She's going to make it a nation's bank or whatever she calls it now, but... Uh, she brought out something I didn't know. I didn't know. All banks now, they've made them all corporate banks, and uh, as you know, they can, which they totally can, can control. But uh, but there, but there. So the original banks were called a trade bank, and that was not. You're not under you know any federal regulation or none of that gobbledygook. Yeah. And uh, and that's why. She, She's she, that's what she's doing there, and there's she, like there's like supposedly like a rumor of one other one or something somewhere else, but uh, you know if that if they, if they break loose with that, you know it's gonna it's gonna be like you know the uh, the BRICS system, you know, with a whole new set of currencies and 
and Swift, you know, anti-Swift and all that. It's just going to be Katie bar to door. Well, I got to, I got to say right out front for her efforts that they will not let that kind of a bank in the Federal Reserve System. And without being in the Federal Reserve System, you better be able to pull some rabbits out of the hat somewhere. Hey, Roger. Roger, I find it interesting that when you when you do that search with with NASA, National, you end up at non-resident. By the, in the banking world. Yeah, that is interesting, by the way, Samuel. Who was trying to get interject something there a second ago when Samuel... Roger. Yes. Chuck. Chuck. Hey, Chuck. We haven't heard from you today. How you doing, bud? Hey, I'm fine. I've done what you said with Whoa. the bank. I've yeah. tried that. Did you? Now, yeah, now, and I could have, with one bank, done it, with the, and I did it with the affidavit, but the guy... The woman didn't know what I was trying to do, so she had to call up the line. And the guy said, um, he said that I didn't need an affidavit or anything like that to get an account without a Social Security number. Type okay, to. yeah, that's probably true. But now, now, see, I couldn't open it up. As it turned out, <clears throat> I had, uh, oh, an incident I had with a prior credit union that I was part of. <clears throat> and so I owed them and uh hadn't had the money to pay him back and take care of that debt so they wouldn't open they found me somehow through their system mm. they found me even without the social security number you were, I never a, you, you were a bad boy yeah so anyway i couldn't open up the account with them so i had to wind up going to a second what they call a second uh Oh, another bank. They're like a second-hand bank, whatever you want to call them, second-chance bank. That's what okay. it is. So I wound up having to go to through them, and they're both local here to Oklahoma. So as far as I know, I know the one is that I'm the second-hand bank is. Anyway, so I tried that with them, and they had to go up line, and they, they came back and said that I, because of the stupid driver license, the driver license to them shows that I'm a resident, so... Well, it's, you, you can't get one without without telling them that. Yeah, so they said, well, because I, I kept going back and forth with them, well, how do I get one? And their answer was, you got to have a passport showing basically that you're from another country or some crap like that. So. Well, I am. I'm, a, I'm alien to the federal uh, system, and I'm considered an alien. Well, I would have to... What I would have to do is... Uh, sit, gather information together, and send that into the office. Right into the legal department. Mm-hmm. And then that's what I would have to. That's the approach I would have to do. I can't go through the like I did. Okay. It, well, they're the same people. Whenever I got uh, when I found out that I had some retirement coming from the four hundred one k stuff from uh, the hospital I was at, <clears throat> they. That's where I opened. That's how I opened that. that that's why I opened up that account. So was to be able to transfer that out of the uh, IRA into the bank, and they tried. To, they're, the same, they're the same people from the uh, talking to whoever was behind the scenes wouldn't let me do it without trying to uh, penalize me. So I called the office straight to them and they took care of it and i didn't have to pay anything okay cool well you know on the other thing of them saying you didn't need an affidavit if you didn't have to open up a non-social security numbered account 
But you see, the Social Security number is not the nexus to the system. Just because you don't have an account doesn't mean your status isn't the same. An affidavit is a status change. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's all of this stuff that, you know, listen, these people just, most people do not understand this. I don't care how many years they spent in law school or private practice. You know, it's just like I mentioned earlier, Anita, poor little Anita's friend, the immigration attorney for 31 years, won't even talk to her about it anymore because she rubbed his nose in it and showed him how functionally illiterate he is. Yeah, it's just like the crypto. You have to do the same thing. If you want to get in the crypto exchange, to get them to recognize you as a non-alien or a non-resident non-alien resident then no. you'd have to uh, you'd probably have to send them paper you have to gather all your information well here, here, here's here's here's, here's, here's what you do i think in those instances is you take care of that by putting the irs on notice in their records and not messing with whoever maybe maybe you got to bend over and grab your ankles on coin bank or yeah. something but yeah, but, but they're the irs isn't going to come after you because you put them on notice somebody was trying to get in a second ago who was that Yes, Gary. Okay. A couple of things people might want to be aware of, and that is one: a lot of banking regulations are proposed under and enforced under the FDIC, which yeah. is an insurance company. And the other thing is, there's two two classifications of banking in this country: one's a public bank, and the other's private banking. Uh, but of course, to be a private to join the private banks, you have to have a net worth way above a million dollars. Okay. The regulations for a private bank are way different than the banks that we go down here and join as just regular people. Right. Well, I got my little Wells Fargo account, and I just opened it up as a citizen of the United States. I didn't give them any kind. Man, it's. I was in Argentina at that point. I I challenge you to try and open up a U.S. account when you're outside the country without being there to sign a signature card. You try it, okay? Because it ain't no fun. It took four months to get it done. And I didn't want to rock the boat with anything else because I had to get my Social Security transferred over to direct deposit because I couldn't get checks cashed in Argentina anymore. So, yeah, the trials and tribulations of living outside the country, it's got its challenges, okay? It's like anything else in Yang. In life, there's yin and yang, okay? And there's a balance somewhere. you got to decide what the balance is for you. So right here at the tail end of the show, anybody else got anything real quick they'd like to inject? I hate to use the word inject in the COVID area, but Roger, era, but I, I need to. Me? I hear it's Dave from the Roger. thumb. Hey, Dave. Howdy. Um, Buenos. When you have an interest-bearing account in a bank, they consider you an investor. Okay, and yeah. If the bank has losses, they can take them from you Well, it's that you, you're an investor. Well, they can take all everything you got with them because it's not your money. It's theirs when you deposit it with them. Right. Period. As an investor, but when you have a non-interest-bearing account, things that they say that, I mean, I've heard that they don't do that. They don't take your money. Well, that's but what all the... keep more than... That's what all these derivatives are. More than you need to operate monthly in a bank account anyway. Amen. Uh, That's what all these derivatives are. I I liken them to a seesaw. 
and they got the seesaw tilted where down at the end is the bank at the ground and all of your funds are in a bucket tied to the down end of the seesaw and the derivative hops on the upper end and it makes that seesaw change and when it does all those coins all those funds slide out of the pail and down the seesaw into their pail and then they give you stock in a worthless bank that's why jim's hyperverse is where to be yep i agree with that we got a real wonderful opportunity with hyperverse and it's not just jim's it's all all of ours and it's a good spot to be if you're not aware of that uh you need to listen up and ask some questions about it uh because i think it's a very safe deal and everybody's uh knows a lot more about it than i do but everybody's very excited about it and speaking of jimbo i bet he's right there ready to take the baton jimbo you with us on the board bud Yes, I am. I there got the mute click this time. <laughs> okay, good, good. How you doing today? Oh, not bad. Just got back from my uh, monthly uh, retirees breakfast. Yeah. And just plopped my pooper down here in the chair. <laughs> okay. So to speak. And we're ready to roll. All right. Well, we're ready to give it to you in a second here. I better turn the music down and that whistler is going to come through like a loud whistler. Uh, so he'll type in in a minute and we'll tune it a day and i guess you heard well you were at your lunch this morning i'm on uh i'm on rbn this evening for six six oh, to yeah. eight eastern time with tom d so we're getting our foot in the door over there and he's cool. been listening to some of the previous broadcasts and stuff so he's on top of this pretty good and you know he keeps keeps, keeps wanting to test me see well i'm trying to come up with some of the questions i think the audience is going to come up with and last night i said tom I've been doing this 11 years, and I, you're a nice guy, but there ain't no question you're going to come up with that I haven't been presented with before. Bingo. Okay. So, anyway, that should be fun. I'm looking forward to that. I like, uh, I, I think we got a real good rapport going and a start of a good relationship, and I see more involvement in over there. I know in our conversation last night, I mentioned Brent Winters to him. And he goes, well, let's get him on. Let's get him on. I said, okay, we'll get him on. Easy. Easy. (laughs) Hyperventilate. Yeah, man, he almost did. (laughs) So, anyway, we're making some progress. I feel real good about it. I'm very excited here at the first of the year. Repeat the name. Tom D. D D-E-E. Okay. Okay. And he's uh, he's in Stat Miller's. He's in Stat Miller's slot. What, uh, Samuel? Uh, Well, he's... You know, he's he's got to deal with the naysayers inside that organization that are, you know, naysayers. And so he wants to make sure the first presentation that he does with you doesn't put any blackface on him, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, well, I understand that. I mean, I don't. nobody wants to get up in public and, you know, make a fool of themselves. Good uh, luck getting past Patrick Slattery. Look out for him. Who's he? No, I don't see that. I, I say that all the time. I really don't see that in Patrick. Okay, well. All I've right. called he in and tried to run it by him, and he's been open. He's He wanted to listen. His co-host is the one who shot it down. Oh, it's that those guys. Okay. Well, uh, and then listen, there's naysayers out there. I've been dealing with them for a long time, Patrick. I ain't worried about some of these guys because, quite frankly, they don't have the facts, and I do. Okay. I have a personal letter from one of the naysayers, it's, and it's so incoherent, it's not worth mentioning. Okay. Well, you know, it is. I'm not telling people to do this. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. If you don't want to listen, don't listen. I don't care, okay? I'm preaching to the choir that wants answers and wants to listen and has an open mind. Okay. Right. 
because the mind is like a parachute it only works when it's open you may but you better hurry Patrick Flattery I had a little bit of a running with him and and I was complaining about all the government corruption and he says so what you don't think we're doing a good job and I was like stunned no you're doing a fine job you, you government employees, just keep right up doing all the deep state dirty work for them. I don't even know who this guy is you're kicking around here. Well, that might have been tongue-in-cheek. That might have been tongue-in-cheek there. I, I don't no know. No, 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 no. I have no okay. idea. He loves, he loves the government. I have no <laughs> idea who he is. He loves the Patrick agents. He, the, government is, the government is us. Those other people are the agents of government. We hire them. Okay. So anyway, and I'm unhired. They run we just the show got, in their minds. Well, in their minds, yeah. Uh, they're heroes in their minds too.